It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. This is Debbie Kiever and Laura Pereno as we are jumping in further. I think we're up to our waist now into the armor of God. We love this teaching. Laura taught a Bible study a few years ago when she used to live up here in Delaware on Priscilla Shire's book called The Armor of God. And so we've taken some of the material from that teaching as well as, honestly, Laura, we do life, right? And God is always giving us fresh material for how to apply his word into our lives today. When we started this month, we addressed the fact that we have a very real enemy who loves to fly under the radar. And we called that podcast, How to Fight the Unseen Enemy. If he can keep us thinking that he's not there, that he's really not um, attacking Christians, then then we're not really uh, putting our armor on. We don't see the need for that. Well, he is very real and we need to be uh, very aggressive and very intentional on putting on this armor that Ephesians 6 talks about every day. We walked into the second podcast, called it, How Do You Recognize Deception? And we talked about the belt of truth. And Laura did a great job describing the armor that a soldier wears that has all these different attachment places for the different pieces of armor. Everything gets connected to the belt of truth. Everything has got to be secured in place so that the so that you're prepared. I, do you remember Lara growing up with um, Batman? Do you remember the cartoon mm-hmm. yes, Batman? Yes, yes, And he had the bat belt that had yes. every single thing that he needed, uh, the most bizarre things in case he ran into a shark or things <laughs> like that. But this is our serious belt. It's the belt of truth. And, and the word of God is the truth. It's a non-negotiable standard that we need to live by. Well, today we're going to be talking about yet another piece of the armor that does connect to the belt, and that is the breastplate of righteousness. And we're we're calling this one, How to Guard Your Heart, Um, which as we go through this podcast, you have a much better understanding of why, why it's referred to as the breastplate of righteousness. Let me read from Ephesians 6, 13 and 14 as we get started. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. So now, what is this righteousness that we're talking about? There's a lot of different definitions out there. And we really have embraced the one Priscilla used in her Bible study and Righteousness is living that lines itself up with God's standard, with the standard of God. It's his righteousness that we need to line every area of our lives, our our mind, our will, our emotions, our body need to be lined up with his standard. We don't have a righteousness on our own. We, We may think we do, but that's part of the enemy's deception in our own lives. We need to line our righteousness, our our righteous choices in line with what his standard is. So what would unrighteousness be? Well, it's like the opposite. Anything in our lives that when you line it up, it doesn't mesh with the direction that God would go. And God's God's plans for our lives, his um, purpose for us is always going to be in the light. 
It's always going to be true. It's always going to be pure. And so anything else that's not light is going to be darkness and it's going to deviate. It's going to drift away from the standard that God has set for us. So as we get into this teaching, there's going to be a lot of um, comparisons between right choices and wrong choices. Is it something that you're willing to bring in the light or is it something that you're allowing to stay hidden? I really like Priscilla's definition there, Debbie, that righteousness is anything that lines itself up with the standard of God, living that lines itself up with the standard of God, and unrighteousness is anything that doesn't line itself up with the standard of God. You know, I think we can look at so many areas of our lives and we all have examples of times or places where we have behaved or had actions that were not lined up with the standard of God. And therefore, we are operating or doing things that would not be considered righteous. They would be considered unrighteous or not right things. It's interesting because sometimes these behaviors that we do or these things that we do lead us to a place where we don't want to go. You know, the Bible tells us over and over again, you know, blessed are you when you are by the rivers of water, right? When you are staying connected to the vine, you are going to stay connected and you're going to do and live the way the Lord has told us. But there are times where we choose, we make a choice to go away from that standard of righteousness and we find ourselves in a situation that we don't want to be in. One of the things that Priscilla says in her Bible study is that when we behave in a way that is not righteous, when we operate in a way that is against the standard of God, we are creating an environment for things to grow that we really don't want to grow in our hearts or in our lives, in our families, in our environments. And I was, I was thinking about just recently, I, I had an air conditioner situation that needed to be fixed and it needed to be defrosted. I don't know if you've ever done that before where you defrost uh, uh, air conditioner I, in order to get the ice down. Have you done I that? Just, I just did my freezer this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, same thing. Anytime we need to defrost something, water is gonna come out. Well, instead of calling the air conditioner repairman, as it was defrosting, I had the brilliant idea to protect the floors. And by doing that, I just took some towels and laid them down, which was fine. It soaked up the water and protected the floors. But I forgot that the towel was there for such a long time. And when I went back later on to clean that closet, to clean that space, I realized the towel had been sitting there for a couple of weeks. When I picked up this towel, this wet towel that had yeah. now created an environment of dampness and darkness, you can imagine what was underneath of the towel. You know, there were some friends under the towel that I had not invited into the space. I had created an environment of darkness. I had created an environment that welcomed and invited unwanted guests. And that is what we have or we do when we choose to operate or live in a standard that does not line up with God's word. We are living in a place of darkness. We are creating an environment for what we could call unwanted guests. We are creating an environment where we are welcoming um, negative behaviors and we are welcoming trouble that we won't find until we lift up the towel and expose the behavior to the light. 
So it's, we, I would never have chosen on my own to invite those unwelcome guests into that closet. But because of the darkness, the environment that I had created, I didn't need to give them an invitation. The environment that was created was the invitation. And I ended up with a situation that I did not want to be in. And that's exactly what happens when we choose to operate in an unrighteous manner in a way that is against God's standard. We are creating an environment for things in our lives that we would not have chosen on our own yet because we create the environment that situation will come about us um, even without an invitation. No, you weren't doing that on purpose. If you had really thought that through, you know, you you would have said, this is is a bad idea. And I would imagine, Laura, the next time you defrost anything, that you'll set an alarm (laughs) that says, go back and remove those towels, right? right? Because you don't want to, you learn the hard way. I think there are times in our lives that we have inadvertently, not on purpose, created that environment that the enemy who is always always looking for an open door he's just waiting and so some of the things that we find ourselves getting harassed by the enemy we didn't realize that we were actually the one that opened the door for him Um, sometimes we we know deep down that we're making a choice that is not righteous and we think we'll get away with it and so the concept that this idea of these open doors you know, what is the door that you have opened for an environment for the enemy to come and mm-hmm. harass you? We have to own that. Remember that the enemy doesn't like to just walk through the front door and say, here I am. He is the back door or the one that breaks in through the window, but we've left it unlocked. We're That's not right. guarding that area of our lives. That's right. He's always in the dark. He's always um, hidden or he's actually he's dressed up like light coming to the front door, but he's not. He's not who he says he is. That's right. So the importance of when we are really with our armor on and we are listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to us, he increases discernment for those times where we are, we're playing with fire. You know, we're, we're close to this edge of creating an environment that's dangerous. So it's so important to be listening to the Holy Spirit. And one of the challenging things is a lot of Christians do not truly believe that there is a spiritual world that is evil. I mean, they you know they see those little cartoons where there's an angel on one shoulder and a little devil on the other, but that's real. It is mm-hmm. real. Yes. Satan has fallen angels, demons that are on his side, and they're constantly harassing, especially the believer. So if he can get us to number one, think he's not there. And to think that he doesn't have power, then he's already, you know, he's already a step in the right direction of of making a Christian um, paralyzed, you know, in terms of their faith is not growing, and they're actually more of a uh, what would be the word? They they're not sending the right message. They're not representing God in who He is adequately or appropriately to people that that are in their lives. So we need to be able to be really aware that the enemy is real and that he's prowling around looking for that open door. So any living that is out of that alignment with what the word says creates that environment that opens the door, even if it's just a crack to a demonic influence. Satan is always looking. In fact, he, he can put thoughts in your head. He can try to impact your emotions suddenly do you ever, you ever go through your, your something in your day and all of a sudden there's this onslaught of anger? 
Mm-hmm. Or this wave of sadness or depression or mm-hmm. accusation that comes, quote, out of nowhere. Well, it's coming from somewhere. And the Holy Spirit does not speak to us that way. And so, right. I, you know, I always ask myself, gosh, when it hits me like that, what door did I open? Yep. What door did I open? It could be really, really tiny. You know, sometimes you think, oh, it's just a little lie. Or that was just a little snide comment I made to somebody or is this a little criticism or you know I'm allowed to be angry and Mm -hmm. mouth off a little bit it's not what's the big deal well it's like cracking the door a little bit and then the enemy pushes further and further and before you know it he is on a full-on assault and we have to go where did I open the door you know I have talked to people who uh they wonder, like, Debbie, why am I having these crazy, scary, nightmarish dreams? Mm. I'm waking up in a cold sweat. And I, I have to ask them a question, like, I'm looking for a door. Like, well, tell me what kind of movies you've, you've um, watched lately. Oh, I watched this horror flick. I'm like, okay, so that's the door. Like, yes. you know, does that fit Philippians 4, um, mm-hmm. you know, six, seven, and eight, where it's talking about what are you exposing yourself to? Yes. If yes. it doesn't line up, then you've just cracked the door open. Yes, you know, absolutely. Folks that have all these issues with sexual thinking, that's like, why is this such a stronghold for me? Well, let me ask you again. What are you reading? What are, what are you taking in? What are you watching? What conversations are you having? What are you scrolling through? And it gets kind of quiet. And it's like, let's pull into light what's been done in the darkness. And, and those are those open doors that we need to really, we need to own it. You know, we yeah. got to shut those doors. That's right. You know, one of the things I love about the study on the armor of God is really looking back at each place and each piece, I'm sorry, and what it looks like and what the purpose was for. And the breastplate of a Roman soldier, it makes sense, right? All of our major organs are in our torso they are in our chest or in our gut and the breastplate went the expanse of the torso and protected all of the soldiers major organs primarily and especially with the desire to guard the heart you know there are a lot of ways that a soldier could be injured and it could take him down for a little while it could take him out of the battle for a little while but eventually he would heal and eventually he would get back up. You know, if he had an injury to a leg, he would eventually get back up. But if they could, if the enemy could pierce the soldier's heart, then it was game over, right? It was immediate death. It was uh, no further fighting for that soldier. And so it makes perfect sense if we're looking at it from the enemy's perspective that when he comes to attack, the first place he is going to attack is our heart. And we'll talk about in a minute really what that is, um, what that is made up of, you know, what is our heart. But it is so important for us to guard our hearts. And that's the reason for this episode today, because when we create an environment in our heart that is not lined up with the standard of God, we are also extending an open invitation to the enemy. You know, it's interesting. Uh, even the way we started out this episode today, it's easy to look at some of the behaviors that we might have or do and say, wow, that behavior is unrighteous. And I can see how if you do that thing, 
you are going to end up in a place that you don't want to be. But our heart is really where it all starts. And so the enemy will go for our hearts because there are things that we um, feel and think and, and, and come, to, um, come to believe in our hearts that will also create an environment that is just as filthy in our hearts, just as unrighteous in our hearts. And it all starts in our heart, you know? But when we choose right living, we are actually putting something over our heart that will guard it, that will protect it, and will fortify our hearts and who we are against the schemes of the devil. The enemy is after our hearts. It is no surprise to any of us. It should be no surprise to any of us that the heart of the matter, the heart of who we are, is what gets attacked so often in order to bring us to our knees. It all starts in the heart. Laura, we keep using that word heart, and it's different than that piece of anatomy that I learned about in college, right, that you can actually put in your hand. <laughs> it's the centerpiece of your soul. It's, it's what allows you to relate to yourself. It's what makes you a unique individual. I mean, your heart is your personality. It's your own flair. It's your emotions. It's your, that piece of your soul. It's your will. It's your mind. It's all that put together. It's the core the very essence of who you are and you are uniquely, you know, your heart is unique to you and mine is unique to me. So if we've got all of these facets, no wonder the enemy's going after your heart. If he can, he's trying to deal with your think tank, right? If you, what you believe in your, your thinking is going to impact the way you feel. It's going to impact the way you um, act out, make your choices. Man, he goes, he goes into attacking your conscience you know, he's always trying to harass you and put you down, but that's what your heart is. It's not just an anatomical being. It's, it's, it's so much the essence of you. So Debbie, you have to wonder why does the enemy go after our heart? Like why is the breastplate of righteousness such a big deal? Why is it so important? And with the definition that you just gave of what our heart is, you know, you said it was our mind, our thoughts. If he can get to our mind, if he can get to our thoughts, we know how we can take a thought, especially a wrong thought, and we can run with it. Sometimes it only takes one thought and we can be just like that soldier that got hit in the heart and we can go down. It's just one thought, one lie that we believe that is not true and we will go running the wrong way. If the enemy can get to our emotions, Women, men, we are all emotional creatures when it comes right down to it. Maybe women tend to be that way a little bit more, but our emotions do not tell us the truth most of the time. And if we can, if the enemy can get us to start believing our feelings instead of the truth of the word of God, honestly, we know emotions go high and they go fast and they spread contagiously like wildfire. Maybe it's also the fact that, hey, if he can get one woman's heart, if he can get control of one woman's emotions, there's going to be a lot of phone calls, texts, whatever it might be, and perhaps a whole lot of other soldiers will fall as well. A whole other good reason not to be uh, out there talking about things that are emotionally incorrect and airing our emotions rather than having everything subject uh, under the self-control of the Holy Spirit that he has given us. But if he can get 
us to fall in our thoughts, in our emotions, or in our will, or in our conscience, then we are going to be easy prey for the enemy to bring down. And remember, it only takes one shot to the heart and game over. So if we look through the word of God and we love to look through God's word and find people who are examples of what we're talking about with these different pieces of armor or in anything in life, there are so many situations where the Lord shows us how one act of unrighteousness will lead us to a place that we don't want to be. But in in first Kings chapter 12, we learn about a King named Jeroboam, Jeroboam's story. And I'll read a few verses here uh, just for a second. Jeroboam's story is one that he is the king of Israel, and he has decided that he is just going to do things a little differently than the way God has instructed them to do. And so he goes out, and we're going to start in 1 Kings 12, 26, and and this is really where it all starts. We're just going to tear this apart as we roll through it. It says, Jeroboam, he had some decisions to make, and so he thought to himself, The kingdom will now likely revert to the house of David. Jeroboam was afraid that he was going to lose the kingdom. And so he thought to himself that this is what was going to happen. And if these people go up to offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, then they will again give their allegiance to the Lord, their Lord, Rehoboam, the king of Judah. Rehoboam was the other king. He was over Judah and Jerusalem was in Judah. Jeroboam was afraid that he was going to lose power over his people if they went back into the land of Judah. And so he thought to himself, which let's just start there. That's where the problem all began. Jeroboam thought to himself about the situation at hand. He analyzed it on his own and he acted on his incorrect thoughts. And we're going to see it led him to a negative place. He thought to himself, Deb, rather than going to the word of God, rather than seeing what God had to say about the situation, he thought to himself, man, that right there, those four words are really challenging for us. When we're in situations that we're not expecting, when we find ourselves in a place where we're not sure what to do, the last thing we need to be doing is thinking to ourselves and going to the word of God instead. So he's concerned that the people are going to go back to the other king and he doesn't want to lose his power. So first he thinks to himself, in verse 28, if you're following along, it says, after seeking advice, okay, he thought to himself first, and then he went and he sought advice from other people. After he sought other people's advice, still has not consulted God. The king made two golden calves, and he said to the people, if it's it's too much for you to go to Jerusalem, here are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. He set one up in Bethel and the other in Dan, and this thing became a sin. That means this was an unrighteous act. He was creating an environment to bring him down. He didn't even have to invite the negative to come in. He was creating the environment. And the people came to worship the one at Bethel and went as far as Dan to worship the other. To sum up the story without reading any further, because it goes on and Jeroboam's acts continue to build on the unrighteous thoughts he had in the first place. But here's this individual who doesn't want things to go a particular way. So he starts creating a half truth. He starts acting in a way that is unrighteous. But I want you to see God's people were told that they had to worship. They had to worship God. They were supposed to worship him in Jerusalem. Jeroboam didn't say you can no longer worship. He just said, 
You can still worship and you should worship, but instead of doing exactly what God said to do, which would be go to Jerusalem, I'm going to create a new place for you to worship. And so the people followed after Jeroboam's uh, decisions. And if you keep reading, you'll see that he started to appoint priests when God said the Levites were supposed to be the priests. He started offering sacrifices on the wrong altar. He started installing new priests into the high places, the high places of worship. And he even chose a new month for the people to offer their sacrifices. If you keep reading in verse 33, it says he chose a month of his own choosing. God had set a standard of holiness for the way that Israel was supposed to act in order to stay under the blessing of obedience. And this leader, Jeroboam, took the parts of God's law that he wanted and deviated from it just a little bit in order to make it no longer a righteous act, but to make it an unrighteous act. What did we say in the very beginning of this episode? That righteousness is anything that aligns with the standards of God. Unrighteousness is anything that does not. Jeroboam is a perfect example of somebody who had taken God's standard and God's ways and went a little bit off from it. And a little bit off from a righteous act is an unrighteous act. There's not a little bit of unrighteousness. There's not a little bit of righteousness. You're either unrighteous or righteous in your acts. And here's Jeroboam who thought, if I can just take the people a little bit off from what God says. I will be able to control the situation. I will be able to protect myself. And don't you think, Debbie, that actually so many of the things that we fall into unrighteous actions, it's because we want to be the ones in control. You know, we don't want to be under God's control. We want to make our own decisions. We want to call the shots. Jeroboam was creating an environment just like I had with that wet towel by changing the standard that God had set up. He was creating an environment for unwanted guests. And the story is not going to go well for Jeroboam as we go on. If you put it in the, in the lingo of opening doors, the specific crack in the door that started off really small, thinking to yourself where you start to value your perspective greater than seeking God's perspective another little crack, right? Again, the crack is now increasing, was he did not seek advice from godly counselors. How often do we uh, realize that we are valuing our thinking a little bit more than God's until we go and invite um, people to give us advice who are also not concerned about lining up their lives according to God's standard. So you feel better when you feel like you've got, you know, the people's opinion agrees with you. Uh, but you're, all you're doing is opening that door a little bit more. And, and so now you feel justified. You know, he felt justified. I'm getting away with this. And then he began to act on it. And they began to change things according to his perspective. And, and a lot of times we don't see the negative consequences right away. And, and I believe what's happening is Satan is like, see, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Kind of like the way he challenged Eve in the Garden of Eden. Did God really say that? You know, and so she takes a bite of the apple and nothing seems to happen. So she gives some to Adam and then everything breaks loose. So a lot of times we think, well, you know, we just were a little bit off the the mark and life was going okay. And honestly, we're looking around and we're seeing a lot of people live off God's standard and we're thinking that their lives are very prosperous 
So why can't I? Why can't I do that? It's exactly what Jeroboam did. He started questioning, well, is it really that important that I stay exactly with what the law says? You know, I think, I think I'm right in my own eyes. Part of this comes from not really trusting that God's way is the best way to do things. You know, it, maybe his timing is different than what we, um, we're expecting. We, we think that he needs to be moving a little faster. So I'm going to help him. I'm going to help him along because I don't really trust his uh, that he's watching me. And and you start listening to the enemy and you start listening to peers that start also raising questions like why are you why are you so bent on doing this just right? Why are you not willing to cheat just a little bit on your taxes mm-hmm. or fudge things a little? Anything that's fudging is in the darkness. And so it's that fine line and the, and you start hearing these whispers coming into you from different directions. And then, and if you have a little bit of, I don't really have that deep relationship with God. I don't know if I'm trusting him enough. I start taking matters into my own hands. The other challenge too, that you open a door to the enemy to start making it bigger is when you put more um, power in someone's opinion, somebody else, rather than in God's opinion of you. You know, sometimes we think, well, I can't really hear hear God speak to me as clearly, but the one who I'm living with, they're very loud. You know, the one I'm working with, they're very loud. There's yes. a lot of pressure there, and they're very opinionated, and they have the power to ruin my business, to ruin my reputation. So I feel like I need to really jump through their hoops. And, and God is saying, you know, it's, there's verses, the fear of man brings a snare. Yeah, mm-hmm. But the righteous one that trusts in the Lord is kept safe. When we fear man's opinions, man, we can cave much, much quicker. You know, I think of King Saul. He feared what people would say, and he started making some bad decisions, which ultimately led to him losing um, his kingdom. You know, choosing the right way, choosing the righteous path, the one that aligns with God's word, is going to make you different in this day and age. I mean, it's like, well, I don't want to stop so much. No, you're going to stand out. You're going to be Absolutely. like an alien here on on this earth. You're going to be an alien. You know, we have this sign that we put up in our kitchen when our kids were teenagers. And honestly, I thought I had this hopeful thought that I'm going to put this sign in my kitchen and they will see the light. Right? <laughs> and the, the sign said that right is always right, even if nobody else is doing it. And wrong is always wrong, even if everyone else is doing it. Well, it, no, that's really not what it takes to get someone to see the light. It's the Holy Spirit, you know, that had to get a hold of my kids. But mm-hmm. that, that's so true. Like, you're, you're going to be different when you line your choices up and you line the affection of your heart up with what is righteous. You're guarding your heart. You're making that standard of Scripture, the plumb line of which you're going to line everything up. You're going to be different. And it's okay. What happens is when you start opening the door to, to slide a little bit, to drift off of that standard of what God has said in his word, you start to look more like the world. It's mm-hmm. you're either pure light or you have, you, you, there's darkness that it's, it's not as bright as it was. So you're no longer shining with that pure light uh, when you line your life up next to what he wants for you. And it's subtle. It's really, really subtle because if Satan can pull you away one degree at a time, then you may not notice it as quickly. 
Um, and, and But there comes a point where you wake up one day and you go, how the heck did I get here? I was so derailed by the truth. How did I end up here? Well, I think that's a, a, a great uh, place to go back to Jeroboam, because if you look at God's people, God always, you know, he established the ways for his people uh, so that they would look different than the people in the world, right? First of all, they had one God. Everybody else had multiple gods. God has always wanted his people to be holy, to be set apart, to look different than the world. And at this point in the story uh, with Jeroboam, Israel didn't look any different than any other nation. And so they were getting away from really what God was saying. But the one action, you know, that led to the next, that led to the next, that led to the next with Jeroboam, it absolutely, his his unrighteous behavior derailed him from the truth. It's interesting also to think that as he was going down this road, you know, he just, he got off of the path he was supposed to be on. We could say he was derailed from the truth like a train. He got off of the right track. Here is this uh, leader who is taking his people down the wrong track. And we don't hear anybody saying anything about it. You know, we all have to have our um, breastplate of righteousness on because look at how easy it was for the people to be swayed and get derailed themselves from the truth. Jeroboam's story, you know, ends sadly. If we look at verse 34 and keep reading in that same passage, it says this was the sin of the house of Jeroboam that led to its downfall and its destruction from the face of the earth. Let's go back to that story and go back to exactly what you just said, Debbie. He thought to himself, he sought counsel. He never turned to God. He took God's laws and switched them up a little bit in order to satisfy his own desires rather than satisfy the truth of what God had said. He created an environment of unrighteousness and he ended up in a downfall and his house you know, faced destruction from the face of the earth. The enemy's goal is to derail the tracks of our life. It just doesn't derail us from the truth. It derails the tracks of our life. The enemy celebrates and encourages us toward unrighteous living every time. It's kind of one of those red flags we can put up. And if the people around Jeroboam had put those red flags up saying, wait a minute, God never said we could worship at Bethel or Dan. Those flags that go up will show us when we are moving in a way that is not righteous so that we will stay on the track that he has created for us. What a reminder, Laura, of the importance of your inner circle, the people mm -hmm. who have the most influence in your life to be walking in the same direction, yes. to have the same goal of my, my prayer is God that I, I line my behavior and my thinking and my heart in line with the standard of your word because a good friend a That's good right. friend is going to catch little comments or those tiny little choices that you make and lovingly get in your face and say, hey, I'm concerned about what I'm seeing. Yep. But if you pick friends, right, your corrupt friends are going to corrupt your character. It's You have a choice of who you're going to surround yourself with. It's not who you socialize with, but who's your inner circle? Who are your accountability people? And you really want people walking in the same direction. Absolutely. Jeroboam obviously surrounded himself by people that would be uh, easy for him to sway. 
And, um, and he certainly didn't seem like an individual who would be welcome to people telling him he was not walking in the right way. I think that's also where the, the belt of truth is connected to the breastplate of righteousness too, Debbie, because it's easy to, when we're walking in unrighteousness, even if somebody calls us out, we have so far gone that we're believing the lie that we're okay you know, that everybody else is doing it. And the standard of righteousness was for the Old Testament and not for today. We can, when we don't have that truth uh, grounded, when we're not grounded in that truth, then we are, we can shape our behavior and our words just like Jeroboam and make ourselves think, you know, he probably thought, well, the people are still worshiping. It's fine. You know, God is still being honored. And yet that obviously was not the truth. I think it's important to remember that um, as a child of God, the enemy can't force us to do anything. He can make suggestions. He can put uh, very tempting situations in front of us that would make us desire to sway, but we make the final choice. And I think that is a critical point here with all of the armor. It's it's our call, right? Are you going to put it on? Are you going to put it on halfway or are you going to leave it on the bench? What are you going to do with the armor that God has given you for your heart? It is, um, yeah, I think, I can't remember if Priscilla says this or just something I was thinking about. You know, we can pray against the enemy and his work in our lives. We can, you know, uh, march around places and declare uh, God's goodness. But if we are not living according to the righteous standard that he gave us, we are just saying words. We are not guarding our hearts or the truth. Um, that we need to be standing in. I know there are times that I've had to walk this and absolutely in talking with uh, other women over the years where you've been praying and praying and asking God to protect or to move or to deliver, you know, to provide. And you feel like there's silence. There's silence on the other end. And yet the word of God says that, you know, he promises to be that provider and, and protector. And you're like, God, where are you? What are you doing? And then I, I wonder, why am I, why is he not responding? It's when I need to go back and I look, am I in an area of some part of my life being disobedient? And to find when I get that area and submit it back to the authority of the word, the authority to God, and I repent, I ask God forgiveness for getting off track, right? For getting derailed. By myself, I chose to do this. I bring that back into submission to him. And then, wow, it's like the floodgates. God begins to open the doors again. But he will not pour that blessing on a naughty kid, you know, who's not aligning themselves with him. Absolutely. And I think that's a great place to wrap this up, Debbie. Um, You know, God requires holiness. And when you are even saying what you just said, um, it is so easy for us to walk out of a place of walking in holiness, walking into unrighteous behavior. If we look back at Jeroboam's story uh, one last time before we're done for today, uh, we talked about the fact that nobody stood up necessarily, or we don't hear about any standing, anybody standing up and saying, what do you mean we're worshiping at Bethel and Dan? That's not what God said. The nation followed the unrighteousness of the leader, but every individual made the choice for themselves, right? We are all responsible for our own behavior and our own acts of righteousness or unrighteousness. The things that we do or that we don't do that lines up with God's expectations. 
even though Jeroboam made the rule, you know, the people could have stood up for what the truth was and said, we will not live in an unrighteous manner. We just won't go that way. I think there's questions for us as we close out today. Number one, uh, I love you what you just said, because I think it's a, it's a call for all of us to make sure that our breastplate of righteousness is in place, not a little bit to the side, not, um, not still on the bench, like we said, but is in place and guarding our hearts. I think it's important that we, we pray uh, on our own and ask God to show us the places that maybe our breastplate is a little bit off center or not lined up correctly. What are the things that other people around us are doing that we have just decided must be okay with the Lord, but we've never gone to the word to see what God says about it? Um, will we be the one who, like you said, will we be the friend that calls out in a loving way the unrighteousness of the people around us? You know, if we don't do that, we're allowing people to live in a place where they were creating an environment, welcoming things that shouldn't be welcomed into their home. You know, especially with new believers, Deb, there are people out there who honestly just don't know what God's word says. You know, I grew up in the church, you grew up in the church. A lot of people did not grow up with the truth of the word of God. And if we are just going to, um, we, we, are, we are here to, to call it out, to point people back to the word so that people will not be creating that environment. If we love people, right? And if we love each other, we are going to be in love sharing the truth of God's word so that people can come out from those places, pull up those old, wet, dirty towels and live in a place that is, um, that is righteous and lined up with the standard of what God's word says. You know, Regardless of what happened in Jeroboam's situation, regardless of what happens in our situations, regardless of what happens in our world, uh, God's truth, God's word has never changed. It will not change. And until we line up our uh, behaviors, our thoughts, our emotions with the truth of God's word, we will be putting ourselves in positions we don't want to be in. So I guess really, Deb, the challenge for us today and the encouragement for us today is to get on our knees and pray, seek his face, and see where and when uh, we are to change and get back into those places. Find those places that maybe we're just a little bit off in order to live according to the word of God and his ways and his standard. And if you're not sure, right, because you said sometimes we're off and we don't realize that we don't know what the word says, ask them. You know, it's like Amen. search my heart, God, and Amen. see if there's anything that is, is offensive to you. That's he, right. There's nobody that wants your life aligned with scripture more than the Holy Spirit. That's right. That's and right. so if you're not sure, start there. Ask That's the right. Lord to reveal to you if there's something off. And then the next step would be to go to a godly, mature believer. But again, they're still human. So everything's got to get lined up back against Amen. the word. Amen. That's right. That's a good, it's a good way to end today. Just uh, challenging each one of us to make sure that our breastplate is in place, to make sure that we have good godly counsel around us, to make sure that the word is the first place we go to. Let's uh, leave this episode today. Uh, making a commitment uh, to pray and to watch where our feet go, watch where our hearts go, and are our actions, our thoughts, our emotions, our desires, our wills, and our conscience, are they lined up with the truth of God's word? If the answer is yes, then you can be grateful. We can be grateful that we are walking in the place that we are called to walk and protected 
right, from all of these things that will come in when we walk in an unrighteous manner. So for Debbie Kiever, I am Laura Perino. We are thankful that you're with us today. Next time, we're going to be talking about the shoes of peace. You know, how can we walk in peace in the middle of chaos? It's actually not only possible, it is the plan. It's exactly what God has for us. The purpose uh, that he has for us for these shoes is so we can walk in peace regardless of the chaos that we've experienced or that might be ahead or we might be experiencing today. So thank you for being a part. If this has blessed you, please share it with a friend. Um, There's no better thing to put on in the morning every day than the armor of God, right? We know don't want to ever take it off, but we want to make sure every morning that every piece is um, lined up where it needs to be. So thank you for being a part today. Uh, we love you guys. We're praying for you and God bless you. Take care, everybody. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember you were created for more. 